Today, I want to talk about the fact that you were born for greatness. I'm just going to leave it at that. I want to talk on the fact that you were born for greatness. As a child of God, you were born for greatness. Not because um, we're just that talented. Not because I'm just that talented or you're just that talented. Um, But we were born for greatness because of who we belong to. And that's the great one. Uh, We have a rich, rich heritage. If you you looked on our Facebook or saw our Facebook page uh, last night, I I posted about family. We're talking about family today. Um, And as we look at this passage, if you've looked ahead in this passage, there's a lot of family involved here. Um, But some of you, quite honestly, um, when when I say we're talking about family, uh, you may get a little bit tense. Uh, when I say we have a rich heritage, you may get a little bit tense. You may, you may think, okay, well, you don't, you don't know my family. How do you know I have a rich heritage? Uh, well, I want to pray for us, and we're going to get into this and just start talking right away, because this is good, good stuff. Are you all right with that? All right, let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you've brought us here. Uh, thank you that you've given us life. God, today we ask to see you in a real, real way. And if there's hurt in our heart, I pray that you would heal that. If, if there's anxiety, I pray that you would soften that. God, more than anything, we just, we just want to see you today. We want to talk to you today. And thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you're following on version, you could go on version. All our notes are there. If you want a Bible, you can have it. Like, literally have it. Because, once again, the Bible world has messed me up. Like, we bought all these Bibles. We have all these wonderful Bibles back there. They're NIV 84, old version. Now there's a new NIV. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so, they've taken it offline. You can't even use it 84 anymore, which, I'm just old school. I like NIV the old school. So, all those are the old Bibles. They don't match the new NIV. Well, they're kind of close, but take those, give them away, do whatever you want with them. Uh, Today, we're looking at Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 38. And when we start getting into all the names, I'm going to have James come up and read them all. Um, (laughs) It's a rich, rich passage. And so let me begin right here. James, or or Luke chapter 3, verse 21 is where we're starting. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Sorry. And he and as he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about thirty years old when he began his ministry. He was son of so it was thought Joseph, and son of and son of, and son of, and son of, and you can keep going because I would butcher all these names. And in fact, it goes through 76 generations here. So you can go home and start picking those apart. But what I want to look at very first are these, verse th- these first three verses. So what happened is John the Baptist, he's out in the wilderness. He's a prophet. He's baptizing people. And along comes Jesus. And remember last week we talked about John the Baptist. And he was the guy that was, you know, that was going before Jesus saying, I'm here and I'm baptizing with water, but there's someone 
Muhammad is coming after me, and he's the man. Like, he's baptizing with the Holy Spirit. This is what it's about. Like, this guy is powerful. I'm just a forerunner. And so John is out in the wilderness, and he's baptizing people, and along comes Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I'm John, um, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. Like, Jesus is coming, and I'm about, about to baptize him. See, I've been a pastor for, for a, a while, and one of the churches I was a pastor at was a very large church. And we would have these things called summer baptism bashes. That's what we'd call them. And we had a huge pool, probably about, honestly about half the size of this room. I mean, it was a big baptism pool. And there would be about six or seven pastors in the water at a time. And we would honestly, at, at one time, we would baptize like 400 people in one weekend um, or more. And so there would be a huge line of people. And six, six people would get in the water in this nice heated pool. It was really kind of cool, baptism pool and we would kind of all baptize at the same time and I remember this this one time you know, I'm always counting I'm like one two three four five oh five that's my next guy you know because they're just coming through like this you don't know who you're getting I'm like one two three four five all right good you know this the kids are the coolest because the water's really deep and so you kind of have to hold them up and they sit on your knee and you're like oh yeah, it's kind of cute you know <laughs> take pictures all that stuff but I'm counting I'm counting about and about towards the, it was towards the end of one of these 400 runs and I'm getting a little tired. It's, it's, it's wearing baptizing people, man. Huge, strong left arm. Anyways, I'm counting and I get towards the end and, and I'm like, one, two, three, four. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, how can I switch places? Because this guy, I love him, but, but he had to be like 800 pounds. Like, I, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. How? I'm a little scrawny dude. I'm not that strong. I'm not like Danny. He could bench press this building. But this guy starts coming in and I'm thinking, I'm going to drown him. I've already had bad baptism experiences in the ocean where I about drowned someone. And so this guy's coming in, and I'm thinking, I can't do this. Like, I can get him down, but there is no way I'm going to get him back up. I was a little nervous to do this. And I think of John as he's in, as he's, as he's in the desert, and he's baptizing. He's probably, create, he's probably getting some flair, man. He's like, check this out, doing some spins. You know, he's, getting, he's getting real good, getting real cocky. And then along comes Jesus, and he's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> this is the man. This is the whole reason that I'm here. I'm here and I'm baptizing. Along comes Jesus to get baptized. I, and and while, while Jesus is getting baptized, in, in verse 22, look at this. Because this is some, for some of us it's going to sit really well. For some of us it's not going to sit very well. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in, in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. If we're talking about family, the first section I want to talk about is I'm kind of labeling it. It's kind of catchy. It's called now and then. Now and then. Like our past. What has made up our family? Our, our, our earthly structure. What has made up our earthly structure? Um, some of you, when you read that, you're like, I'm having a hard time understanding God and how much He loves me. Simply because I have a father that's missing or has been a terrible father. And so, when you begin to talk, Aaron, or when the Bible begins to talk about Jesus and, and how He loves us and He wants to be our Father. And especially here as we see God saying I love you. You are my Son. I am so pleased in you. Um, it, we, we can't understand because we have nothing on this earth that, that looks like that at all. 
Uh, our families are fractured. Um, there's been a lot of pain in our families. There's been terrible things done to us. And our family is just messed up. And honestly, some of us, we, we'll look around and we'll say, we don't even have a family on earth. That's just our scenario. That's the cards that has been dealt to us. And so it's hard for us to read something like this and see this perfect father-son relationship where the son is getting baptized and the father says, I love you. I am so proud of you because we sometimes can't understand that. And there's a lot of pain there. Some of us will go our entire lives and we will never hear the words, I love you from a father or a mother. And it's painful. Um, Two years ago, I had the opportunity to lead a men's ministry. And we had 50 to 60 guys that would gather every morning. These are just tough mountain men guys. And and we would begin to unpack um, relationships and what it looks like to have a relationship with your father and your mother and past wounds and current wounds and, and, you know, just men kind of talk kind of stuff. And you know what was sad? And this isn't something new, but what was sad is about half of those men that went through that class said that one of their deepest pains is that they never felt accepted from their earthly father. They never heard the words, I love you. And so some of us, when we're talking about a rich heritage and that heritage being our family, we immediately tune off because we go, if being in the family of God is anything like my earthly family, I want no part of it because my earthly family really is just fractured and it's not good. As we look at these verses right here, if that's you, hang on, because there's good news coming here in a little bit for you, specifically for you, okay? As we look at these verses right here, what do we see happening? We see John out out baptizing. We see Jesus showing up on the scene, and it says Jesus was baptized. This is the Son of God, and He's getting baptized. And if you um, don't have a structure of a great family or a role model in your life, or even if you do have a godly father or mother and and you say, man, they've led me as, as well as they can. We all will follow somebody and we will all model our life after somebody. And the reason, the way I can say this is this, just with a simple illustration. Nice little young lad, Aaron Havens in second grade or maybe third grade, I don't really know, but I noticed I was getting peach hair on my face. Okay, not really. But I wanted peach hair really bad because I got to see my dad shave every morning. And I'm like, you're the man. You know, two years old, or or second grade, third grade, you're the man. And so my dad, he's like, oh, you want to learn how to shave, son? And so he takes me into the bathroom. And maybe some of you guys have had this experience. He's like, throw the stuff on. I throw it on. I get it in my eye and start crying. I'm like, you know, it's all in my face. I look like Santa Claus. Then he hands me the razor. Of course, the razor has the the little protective thing on there too. And so I would sit there while my dad would shave for real. I would shave with the little protective thing. And I wanted to be just like my dad. I wanted to follow his footsteps. And and later on I was like, why do we shave? I hate that, you know. But (laughs) my father taught me that, how to shave, whoop-de-doo. We all are going to look at people in our lives or we're going to look at something that we we model or pattern our life off of after. We don't just learn stuff and we're just not born with certain things. Um, there's, there's, There's people we have to watch. There's books we have to read just to figure out how to do life. And here um, we begin to see Jesus at the very beginning as he's busting onto the scene into his ministry. The very first thing he does is he gets baptized. 
And in a very real sense, he starts and says to you right now, follow me. Follow me. As we look at the rest of Jesus' life, we can look at it and we can look at him as a role model and someone that we want to follow our life after. And right here, he's, he's getting baptized and he's saying, I am God, I am in human form and I'm getting baptized and I'm showing you what it means to live as a man and begin to follow my life. So as we read the Bible and we see Jesus, we can look at him as a role model, especially um, for, for, for those of us that don't have good families. We can look at Jesus and say, this is how to live. I want to give you a couple verses that we're going to go through a lot of verses today, um, but this is actually going to be a short message. You're like, really? It's been long already. Okay, here we go. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. All who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe as we're talking about family and a heritage right now, you're saying, man, my now and my past, what has made up my family to this point is not good. Like, it's, it's the birds. I don't even like it. Here's some good news for you. Jesus pops on the scene. He says, I love you so much. I've died for you. I want to be your role model. And in Romans 10, 13, it says, All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says, When you call on my name, you become a child of me. 2 Corinthians six eighteen says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Maybe you're walking through life right now, and your family structure is not good. Jesus says this, I will be your father. I, I, when you call on my name, you are my sons and you are my daughters. I adopt you into this. For some of you, that word adoption, you're like, I, I don't like that word. Well, here's some really good reality. And I've thought this before, but, but uh, this week, again, it, it just slapped me in the face. As I look at this relationship, okay, who was Jesus' father? Anyone? Anyone? I mean, we'll say Joseph, right? But not really. God. So we look at Jesus, and in a very kind of weird, odd sense, he's adopted. Like he's not Joseph, Joseph's son. So it's like Joseph is his stepdad. <laughs> so if you're walking around and you're like, man, I'm adopted or I'm, I'm, I'm fractured, my family's messed up, welcome aboard. Jesus broke on the scene. And was adopted, if you, if you would, in an earthly sense. Joseph was not his real father. And I wonder if Joseph, as he was going through life, struggled with that. Raising Jesus as his son, but not really his son. He probably saw it as a great honor. All of us, regardless of what our family structure is, we're all adopted into the family of God. And that is such a beautiful thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a beautiful thing. Okay. Let's move on. So there's the now and the then, the past, what has made up our family. Um, but I want to get into, especially in the son of, son of, son of, son of part that's coming up here. I'm not going to read them, but I, I, I love how it just it shows us that we have a rich heritage. And it sets up what, what I want to call just the family of God. Regardless of where you feel right now or where you fit in a family, this is the family of God. I want to point out some things in these son of, son of, son of parts because I actually enjoyed studying them this week. There's 76 generations from Adam to Joseph. 76, okay? What I found interesting is there's only 10 generations um, from creation to the flood. And 10 generations... 
Humans went from Garden of Eden and everything's good to God saying, I'm destroying the earth because it's so messed up. All right, ten generations this happened. Um, there's a website if you're following on version, uh, you can grab it uh, because it, you could study all day about the names and where the fathers came and all this stuff. So if you're interested in that, it's on version, or I'll put it on our Facebook page. It's really good study about son of, son of, son of stuff we're talking about. But we look at these 76 generations. There's such a rich heritage. And as I look at these, some of the men, I, I know their names. Some of them, I don't. Some of them, I'm like God. Godly man, some of them I'm like a little hellion. You know, it's just like this is just part of the family line that that is part of our structure and part of the family of God is this family line. And so I look at that, and, and one thing that makes me smile is I see 76 generations from Adam all the way to, to Jesus. Is is I go, you know what? Some of these men were on, some of them were off, and so the reality is I can't mess it up too bad. Like, Jesus still has his way. Jesus still does what he's going to do. And he shows that this family of, of us getting adopted into it is very, very rich. A couple things I want to point out for, for those of you that are really interested in these son of, son of things is Luke focuses a lot um, and his writing is for the Gentiles, people that are not Christians. And so one of the things that he does is, um, that, is that he puts uh, Canaan in, but Matthew doesn't, so there's some discrepancy. And if you, if you line up Matthew and Luke, are you interested in that? Maybe. If you are, it made something to you. If not, ignore everything I just said right there. <laughs> because I could get really detailed about these names, and they're, they're really cool. Um, what's another one? Oh, I thought this one was cool. If you look just like, like a couple generations in, let's see, uh, verse 38. If you look at the son of Enosh, and then the son of Seth, they skip the generation. And that generation is Cain and Abel. Why? Uh, well, can you take a guess? Cain killed Abel and then they were cursed. And so they skipped a generation because that's just the way it was. Anyways, I won't bore you with a whole lot of details, but I do, I do want to tell you this. If you're interested in son of, son of, son of stuff, that website is a really good website to check out. And as boring as it may sound to you or as exciting as it may sound to you, I found it really rich to study through these names and because it's part of our history. It's part of our family. It's who we are. And I want to give you a verse. It's 1 John 4, 4. You belong to God. You have already won a victory because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. You belong to God. You've already won a victory because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit that lives in the world. So as we look at this family of God... Those who call on His name were adopted into His family, and it's a rich, rich heritage. And so, the past, the now and then, is what has made up our families. The family of God says, I love you, I adopt you into my family. And then the last section I want to look at is just now and when. The now and when. How you're living right now, and what's in your future. And this is what I see. When the world tries to defeat you and steal your joy, you can smile and introduce them to your daddy, the liberating king. The fact is this, man will let us down all the time. 
man will let us down. Our earthly fathers will let us down. As godly as they are or as corrupt as they are, they will let us down. But as we look at belonging to a family that's richer than just this point in time, in this space right now, we, when the world tries to defeat us, we can say this, have you, in it? Have you met my daddy? And we can talk about Jesus and who he is. We can talk about God. We can say, I'm standing on the shoulders of giant men and women. Right here alone is 76 generations of men and women that have gone before us. And we are but a split second in an eternal time and space before and after us. God has chased us from the beginning and he will continue to chase after us all the way to the very end. And I want to ask us this. What will your generation be known for and as? As we, as you look, as we look through all the son of, son of, son of, son of, some of these men were awesome. Some of these men were flake outs. And I want to ask you, what will your genera- generation be known for and as? One thing that caught me really, really kind of, kind of cool is the very last four words in this passage in verse thirty-eight. I. When I was reading verse 38, and I knew it was coming to the end, I thought the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam is where it would stop. The son of Adam. Because in the natural world, that's it. Just go through the men. We stop at Adam. End of story. I love how Luke puts in those last four words, the son of God. That says we're part of something bigger than that's on, that's on this earth. Okay, this message today has a lot of just almost factual kind of stuff. And some very just simple stuff about family. I'm not sure what your family structure has looked like or even what it looks like right now. If you have had an awesome family or you don't even have a family. Here's the good news for all of us. Our family, when we call on the name of the Lord, our Father is the one that was baptized by John and lived a very real life and looks at us and says, I am your liberating King. I am your Father. I am the one that loves you. And in in Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. We were uniquely formed by the hand of God for greatness. That's how we started talking here a while ago. But it wasn't because we're simply that talented. We were formed from greatness because we have a Father that is great. And we're adopted into a family that has a rich, rich heritage full of love, full of men and women that love God. And God ultimately looking down and smiling on us saying, Child, I love you. I want to just ask a simple question as we wrap up here. And that is knowing of a family and belonging to a family are two separate things. I mean, knowing of a family... That's awesome and amazing. And then belonging to that family are two separate things. You can look at this world of of a Christian life. You can look at Jesus and and study all the promises that He has and learn the person of Jesus and and say, man, that is awesome. I know who Jesus is. Like that that is really, really cool. But if you don't belong to that family, it's just cool facts and, and, and you're spending your time just wasting your time. 
See, knowing of a family and belonging to a family are two separate things. And so the very most basic question I want to ask today is this, is do you know who Jesus is in your life? Knowing this rich heritage and seeing all these generations and then knowing and belonging to it are two separate things. Do you know who Jesus is? Are you aligning your life with Jesus every single day? Are you waking up and, and saying, God, today I, I, I really, really need you. I want to see your face. I want to know who you are. I want to feel your love. I want to pattern my life after you. Even if when we don't feel like it and when we do feel like it, saying, God, I surrender control of my life to you. Knowing of a family and belonging to the family are two separate things. Okay. Um, what I want to do is, uh, can you guys come on up and, and begin to play for us, Danny, and you flip the lights off. Um, I want to give us an opportunity today. Oh, here's your, here's your stand, bro. I want to give us an opportunity today. Because there honestly may be some people in here and we, we don't know who Jesus is. Sorry, I ripped that off your page. <laughs> Um, we're just going through life and we're trying our best just to go through life. Uh, we feel fractured from any family structure that there is. Our world is spinning. It's chaotic. And we're out of control. I want to give you an opportunity today to, to talk to talk to Jesus. Meet, meet Jesus. Find out who Jesus is in your life. Let us whisper His secrets and how much He loves you into, into your life. Uh, because going through life on our own, you're going to find, is going to be very empty. It's going to be very dry. It's going to be very mundane. I have a hard time going through life. And I have a king and a father that loves me and restores me and rebuilds me every single day. So I can't imagine how people who don't have a relationship with the, the king of the universe, the liberating king, the father that looks down and whispers secrets into your life. I can't imagine how you would go through life without having a relationship with Jesus. And so I am going to be over towards the back. I would love to talk to you about who Jesus is in your life. For those of us that we say, yeah, we belong to this family of God. We're a Christian. We've given our life over to Him. Like, He's our daddy. He's our king. Maybe this is a great time just to pause and reflect. You know, as we sing these last couple songs, it's a good time to pause and reflect and think back of the rich heritage we have. Like, it's almost nostalgic for me. Thinking back on it, just going, wow, I mean church project and, and where we're at today is not just something that we conjured up out of nowhere. I mean, this is, this is forever in the making. Like we're standing on the shoulders of great men and women and ultimately leads all the way back to God. Wow, what an honor that we get to stand in this line and do this. I mean, this is really cool. We're not alone in this thing. Have you thought on that for a while? Have you thought about your place in history and, and what this time and space means in your life? Like even, even what we're doing right here, just, just gathering in this moment. I mean, we're, we're looking in the face of our King, saying, God, we want to learn more about who you are. We want to chase after you. And what a rich heritage that is that we get to do this. And then maybe even this. This is, this is, this is my church. This is our church, and it's a beautiful church because I'm looking in your eyes, and you're beautiful, most of you. 
what a rich heritage we are forming right now that we get to pass down to our kids that we get to take this and we get to go introduce Greeley in northern Colorado to this and I ask the question how will they know unless we go tell them how will they come unless we invite them how will they know this love of God unless we're alive in this love and we're sharing it with the world around us? When we go to our workplaces, when we go to Walmart, wherever we go, we get to smile knowing that we're standing in a rich line that leads all the way back to God and we're adopted into His family and He loves us and He has a plan for us. And as the world around us is broken, we see people addicted to drugs, we see people getting abused. We see, um, well, I mean, sex trade all around us. We see people that are far from God, that are hurting and running away. They're in pain. They're in darkness. Can it break your heart? Could you think about your family and how rich it is and how much God loves the hurting people? And can you begin to whisper His love into their life? this morning we can uh, worship God in multiple ways there's uh, cards on your chairs or there's cards over there you can fill them out, prayer requests and we are going to sing together and I hope when you sing these words mean just a little something more to you it's not just us in this time and space but it is eternity behind us and eternity before us God chasing us and showing us his love telling us that he loves us so let's stand and, and pray God, we give you this time. We ask that you'll accept our words of praise this morning. God, I pray that you'll give us a glimpse into your greatness. And as we sing these songs, I pray that you'll you'll continue to mold us and shape us into being who you are. God, thank you for being our daddy. Thank you for adopting us into your family and thank you for loving us.